0: This brings up some important questions. In a passage like Romans 1 that we have read, 18 through 32, um, it talks a lot about uh, the wrath of God. It talks about judgment on those who refuse um, to uh, comply with with God's judgment. plan for life, and, um, and that there are consequences to that. So it brings up a question, what about the nature of God? Isn't God a God of love? Isn't God a God of mercy? Isn't God a God of grace? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, he is. Nothing has changed. How do we interpret this, that wrath will destroy so many? And how does God being a God of love and a God of mercy and a grace work into all of this thought? Well, um, I think sometimes we, we characterize Scripture in a way that is not intended. When we read a passage like this and we think, okay, we're going to use this as kind of a, a club to, to pound everybody with that, that somehow we think is described within this passage. And that's not what, what God intends. In fact, that's not even what God is really speaking to in this. Now, when we talk about the nature of God, God being a God of love and mercy and grace. How does that work into this, this particular passage? Well here's if you can picture, and I probably should have done it, bring a big umbrella up here on the platform and extend it. And, and that umbrella now now if you have an umbrella outside and it's raining, you put that umbrella up because it what it shields you from the rain and it keeps you from getting wet. Okay, that's simple enough. Now if you can make that same picture and God has an umbrella and he is saying come under my protection in this umbrella of my protection and there's room for everybody there's room for everybody who wants to come in if you will come and be under my canopy of protection you will be safe okay now God doesn't force us to take that protection go under his umbrella but that is our choice we believe in free will. We believe that we can choose God or we can reject God. But for those who choose God, there is an umbrella of protection that we are free to, to come under and benefit from his protection over us, over our lives, over our hearts. And if there is someone who says, no, I don't want that protection. I don't want to come under God's umbrella of protection. I want to stand out here. Well, if you are outside and there's one of the great drowned pours that, that we experience from time to time, and uh, somebody says, hey, I've got an umbrella, come under here. And you say, no, I'm not going to. Uh, what would be the natural consequence of not coming under an umbrella during a rainstorm? You're going to get wet, right? That, and, uh, is that because uh, the person with the umbrella hates you? No, it's because you've chosen not to come under the umbrella, all right? You can stand out there and the rain all you want. Uh, but it's, the invitation is come and stand under the umbrella of protection and you won't get wet. God is offering the same kind of protection to us from all of the, the consequences of sin that exist in the world. We know this is that ever since sin entered the world is that it has broken everything and that we know in life. There's no, uh, not one thing that is perfect in, in all of creation. And, and that has been sullied and broken by the consequences of sin. From ourselves, uh, if, if you have ever sinned in your life, maybe, maybe you've said something that wasn't true. Uh, no, with knowledge, maybe you knowingly said something that wasn't true. You know what? That means, you know what that is? That's the consequences of sin. We are sinners. All of us are part of that brokenness that sin has entered the world. And we could go on and on and on and explain how sin has affected the, the world in, in which we live. And God knows that. And the natural consequences of being beyond the boundaries of God's protection are natural. Now, <laughs> years ago, I can remember, it's probably the early to mid-80s, um, the, uh, the whole phenomenon of the AIDS uh, virus was just kind of becoming known. If you lived at that time, and uh, you know what alarm there was and uh, fear. And, uh, and, you know, the, that was prevalent among those with a same-sex lifestyle um, that, uh, you know, was cohabitating with, with people of the same sex and and uh, participating in same-sex acts. And uh, and unfortunately, uh, people took that and said that this is a special judgment of God on these kind of people. And that AIDS was God's judgment on homosexuality. And feeling and, and it came off whether it was intended or not, and I'm sure it was at times, but that it was kind of self-righteous in, in nature, and that really unfortunate, because it totally mischaracterizes uh, God's nature of being love, mercy, and grace. Uh, <clears throat> what being outside the protection of God's umbrella of protection, that is a natural consequence. It's like stepping out from under an umbrella in the rainstorm, you're going to get wet. And God knows this. God knows this. And to step out from under his protection, uh, umbrella of protection, into the consequences of sin, that is a natural consequence. It's not God's special judgment. It's not because God hates people like that. It is not because um, somehow they are worse than we are. Okay? It is a natural consequence of being out of the boundary of God's protection. And so it's unfortunate when we kind of make it into a us and them sort of thing, which is totally inappropriate and totally mischaracterizes the nature of God. Now there will be a day, there will be a day when the age of grace will close and God's wrath will come those who are unrepentant and refuse uh, salvation. Um, You can can go to the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation, and it will describe that day where the day of grace, the church age will be done. Church age will be done at the rapture of the church. And and then you can read it in black and white, um, how the wrath of God will be poured out upon the earth and those who have refused the knowledge of the truth. And, and none of that is because God hates anyone. It says this in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever heard this verse before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, not just the people I like, not just the good people, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, that all might come to salvation. Understand, we we need to tread carefully here because we don't want to misrepresent the very nature of God. Okay. God is like, God is the positive side of this. God is the one saying, hey, come, come near. Come under my protection. If you come under my umbrella of protection, you will not get the consequences that are out there out from under my protection. The Lord said this to the children of Israel as they were leaving Egypt, and God was separating them from Egypt. In Scripture, in the Old Testament, Egypt is always a, a type for sin. And so God was calling his people out of Egypt, come out of Egypt, be separate from them. And he says, and if you follow me, if you uh, pay attention to you know, what I have to say, and if you draw near, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Okay, that was, the, that was the covenant that God made with Israel. You follow me, you stay under my canopy of protection, and I will place none of these diseases on you. And so that extends to us today. Now, even though that is God's invitation, and he invites all to come under his protection, come out from the consequences of evil that, that will be a natural result. Remember, this is a broken world. God didn't break the world. Remember, that was Satan. Okay. When sin entered the world, and God has created this safe space, if you will, for us to come under, it's called his word. It's called the word of God. This is, this is the umbrella and uh, when we obey, and when we, we know this, and we abide by it, we live a holy life, we come under God's protection from these consequences, and, and, uh, and yet some will reject that, some will turn away. Uh, as I said, we believe in free will, and there will be those who say, not for me, and uh, say these kinds of things that will offend those who want to do as they please and to find God's boundary of protection. Uh, Second Timothy chapter 4 and verses 3 through 5 says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And I think we see that happening on a wholesale scale uh, of, of people everywhere. Now, now the, the, the secret for, and, and those who are under God's protection know this: Those who are living a holy life, those who live by the word of God, those who um, have responded to God's invitation for salvation, we know this: is that the boundary that God has put, that, that circle and canopy of protection from the consequences of sin, it's not a bad place to live. <laughs> it's a good place to live. Um, it, it, when, when, we're, when we live a holy life, I tell you, there's some things that just do not have dominion over us. If we live a holy life and we live under God's protection, you're not going to experience things like uh, addiction, okay? That's, that's not going to be part of your experience in life. Uh, God uh, will protect you from that. And uh, uh, Psalm 16 says this and it's one of my favorite psalms I've read it especially this passage of verses 5 and 6 uh, explains it so well the, the psalm right here in Psalm 16 verse 5 it says Lord you, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup you maintain my lot verse 6 is my favorite it says and the lines and what lines are we talking about here the boundary lines okay okay what the writer's referring to, the boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. That's a a wonderful thing. And it describes the the boundary lines that God has put in place for me are are wonderful. They're they're pleasant. And they keep me from experiencing some of the difficult uh, things that are out there uh, in life and, and we are safe when we are under god 's protection, and so for the day in which we live, this is you know what I believe uh, is going to continue and uh, I want you to stay with me here um, with this is that number one, um, evil is going to increase okay we 're going to see the, the rise of evil here, and as we get farther and farther away from the canopy of God's protection as a society in a whole, um, we're going to see evil increase. Now, if you've read through the Old Testament, you see this sort of cycle going on and on with the children of Israel, okay? And, uh, you know, as God gathered the children of Israel, brought them out of Egypt, and eventually established them in their own promised land, God made a covenant. And he says, you know, He says now if you will obey me these are the blessings that will happen and you know so your crops will not fail and and uh, none of these diseases will fall upon you and and uh, you know you're going to experience prosperity and and you're going to live in protection from your enemies and 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 God spell it out if you if you obey if you listen to me and you follow after my uh my word." And he says, on the other hand, if you disobey, this is what's going to happen. Famine and pestilence is going to come into your land. You're going to be uh, taken over by your enemies. And if you turn your back on me, uh, you know, sickness and, and poverty will overtake you. And, and so it was a very clear choice. And, and uh, God put that out. And he says, you know, if you obey blessings, if you disobey cursings, now here's the answer to the test. If you've got to choose, choose life, okay? But you see the, the cycle that goes on and on and over and over again. And by the time you know you you read through the Judges and and uh, you know the books of Samuel, Samuel, and the books of of uh, Chronicles and the book of the Kings, uh, you, you you get it. Okay, you get it because you see that cycle happen over and over again. It was it God? or the children of Israel started under the obedience of, of God. And God is true to his word. And, and he would bless them. Their crops would be abundant. And, and there was no pestilence to destroy their crops, you know, the locust in particular. And, and uh, you know, they had protection from their enemies. And, and their families uh, prospered and, and uh, were, were happy. And they had their inheritances. And, and all the blessings that God spoke to them ha- would happen. Now, What happens, and it's a human condition because it still happens to us today, is that we get bored of what works. We get bored of good things. And we think, you know, there's got to be a little more excitement out there beyond this, this little boundary that God has placed us. And Israel began to look at other nations being copied their customs and join with them in affinity, worship of their gods, and, and uh, turn their back upon the God of Israel. And, and uh, true to uh, his word, coming out from under God's protection, they, they go out there and uh, beyond that sh- that boundary line of god 's protection, and they began to experience uh, famine and sickness and disease and and uh, their enemies would overtake them and and uh, they 'd be in bondage and and uh, that cycle would happen over and over and over again. Second Timothy chapter three and verse thirteen says this: but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse deceiving And being deceived, and unfortunately, many will be deceived, and we are moving away from God. If, as a country, um, if you had to characterize, are we as a country moving closer to God, or are we moving farther away from God? I read, uh, you know, we see these little glimmers of light, you know, and uh, in Auburn University, just a week or two ago they had a worship night. And they invited st- the student body of Auburn University, which is a secular university campus, uh, to come together. It was called Unite Auburn, and it was a night of worship. And it just, it just broke out, not only in worship, uh, but uh, 200 university students wanted to get baptized, or got baptized, there's a, there's a pond, I think, adjacent to the chapel in which they were meeting, And 200 university students uh, got baptized in the pond at Auburn University. Isn't that a great thing? Man, you know, what a glimmer of light. What a glimmer of hope. But, you know, the Freedom From Religion Foundation... Uh, shows up and uh, wants to drag them into court and uh, saying, you know, that the university campus cannot sanction, you know, these kind of religious events. So I, I guarantee you if the Muslims had Ramadan on the Auburn campus, they wouldn't have showed up. They wouldn't have said a thing about that. But the fact that it's Christianity brings out the and the hate, and so we're we're, we're going to see this. We're we're moving away from God, but but there's hope in this. I don't want to I don't want to paint a hopeless dark picture. But here's a passage that still applies for you and I. Second Chronicles chapter seven verses thirteen through fifteen. And listen to this. This is God speaking. It says, "When I shut up heaven and there is no rain." or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. Remember, this is, this is the covenant God made. He says, this is your choice. You can obey and experience blessing, or you can disobey and experience the, the consequences of sin. So if I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, here's verse 14, should be familiar to us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. Do you see the nature of God here? He said, if if you you just turn back to me, come back under my protection, then I will reverse all of this evil that is overtaking the land. I will heal the land. And so it's up to us. You want to see the tide of evil reversed. Prayer, prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And what does it mean to humble themselves? That I means, I think, just take the time. Not be too busy. There's a, a little piece of information I think you know, we need uh, to make this a reality. Uh, do you have time to worry about stuff? Do you have time to have anxiety? I'm just curious. You ever get fearful? Anxiety? Whatever. It, it takes the same amount of time to worry as it does to pray. And the only difference between the worry and prayer is bringing God into the picture. When you bring God into the picture, it ceases to be worry and it becomes prayer. And it takes no more time. I know, I, I'm not going to call for a show of hands. Any worry warts in the place? Huh? Instead of worry warts, you can be a prayer warrior. <laughs> Just bring God into the picture. Say, God, this is a concern. This, this should not be. We have turned our backs on you. We repent. And God hears those prayers. He makes that promise to us. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says, You have not because you do not ask. You know, we see these things happening, we just go, tiss, tiss, tis, tiss, tiss, tiss. That is just too bad. And we and we don't humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God. And James reminds us, you do not have because you do not ask. So how badly, we ask the question, do we want to keep evil from overtaking us? We can turn that into prayer and seek the face of God. Um, I believe as evil and evil men will increase, I believe this is that true believers will rise in courage. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, very prophetic book in the Old Testament, says, those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Okay? So what is, what is Daniel saying is, is, is that evil is going to rise, but the people who know their God, they're going to carry out extraordinary things. What does that look like? Well, I think courage and boldness, conviction... Will need to drive us to leave, you know, being passive, cowardice, all that we need to leave behind. Instead of just hoping that this will all go away, we will resist against tyranny and evil. What does that look like? A great picture here, in, also in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 6 This is the story here of, that we would call it Daniel in the lion's den. And if you've ever been to Sunday school, you're going to get Daniel in the lion's den, right? As you know is that the, the king Darius was, was tricked. He was flattered by these jealous underlords in his kingdom and they made Darius sign a decree which was irrevocable uh, that no one could pray to any god in his kingdom except Darius the king. Well that sounds pretty good to a to a prideful person. And so he signed the law. Here we are. We'll catch it up in Daniel chapter 6, verse 6. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps and counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius, signed the written decree. Now here's, here's, oh, this is so good. Talk about great exploits. Uh, It says, "Now, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. And we know the story. Those jealous little men rushed to King Darius and said, you sign the law and he's breaking the law. And they threw him in the lion's den. And they came back the next morning and he had survived, not by the skin of his teeth, but by the hand of an angel which closed the lion's mouth. Great exploits. We just keep doing what we've always done and we keep doing what is always right. Right? should they ever say that you can't come to church, the doors will be open. Because we'll keep doing what we've always done, and we will keep doing what's always been right. And no one is going to make that where we can't do that without, we don't want to go into heroic descriptions of whatever, but but when we, when we keep doing what we've always done, and we keep doing what's always been right, great exploits, great exploits will be done against evil. And so, keeping all this alive, hope begins with a, a relationship with Jesus. We're going to prepare for uh, the Lord's table communion this morning. You know we can get fearful about these things or we can get courageous about these things it's a choice it's a choice we can worry about these things or we can pray it's a choice i like isaiah 26 3 it says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you Philippians chapter four, verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's wonderful. It's good. We do not have to fear, as others do, that our God is with us, that our God is not going to run in fear, but the people of God can do my great exploits against the tide of evil, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face, and we have all of that at our disposal. If you had a place of shelter that kept you warm and fed when there is storm or disaster outside, and there's plenty of room. Wouldn't you want everybody to be part of that? Well, we are. (laughs) We are part of that. And just inviting people to come under God's protection and come under God's shelter, what what a wonderful thing that is. Because God made a way. And we hold this bread that is our reminder. We practice this one Sunday a month. But you can practice this daily, in your home, wherever you are as a reminder do this in remembrance of me what God has done for us for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me Heavenly Father we thank you for this bread And Lord, as often as we do this, it draws us back to the place where we remember what you've done for us. You've forgiven our sin. Lord, you have put us under the canopy of your protection. Lord, Lord, you keep us each and every day. And Lord, you have made an eternal home for us. Someday when you come and you retrieve us, We will be with you forever. And in your presence, there will be fullness of joy. So Father, we eat this bread in remembrance of what you've done. You came to rescue us. And Lord, we are grateful. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's eat this bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. (laughs) Till he comes. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this cup that represents the washing away of our sin. And Lord, we thank you remember today it's not as if we could have done this for ourselves but only you so Lord today we drink this cup in remembrance and thanksgiving amen let's drink this cup together hallelujah hallelujah do you guys want to see something really really good ask the Barkus family to join us here would you something I forgot to do earlier, so I want to include it today. We have little James Barkas to dedicate to the Lord. We were at the Kenai Courthouse here the other day, and uh, there was an official adoption, and many of you have been on this journey with uh, Jonathan and Candy and their family, and and, uh, we got to be in the courtroom while the Seal was sealed, and uh, now little James is part of the Barkus family in an official capacity. And uh, we rejoice with that, amen? amen. And uh, today we want to pray a de- prayer dedication over James. James, allow me to hold him. Yeah. For... Hi. yeah. He's on the greeter team, so yeah. He's, uh, he was greeting everybody there at the courthouse that day. <laughs> Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you for James. We thank you for his life. Lord, we thank you for Jonathan and Candy, Lord, who have made him part of their home, cared for him. And Lord, he's flourished and, and grown. And Lord, we are so grateful. To see you work this out that they could adopt him. Into their family, Lord as a, as a rightful son of their family. Lord Bye. with all the with all of the privileges and blessings that go with that. So Father, we pray over James today, Lord, that you would just set your seal upon him. He's yours, Lord. We dedicate him to you. Lord, we offer him to you to use as you desire. Lord we pray over him that Lord at his earliest possible moment of understanding that he would invite Jesus to be his Savior and Lord. Lord. Father that he would be yours every day of his life. Lord we pray for good health and strength. Lord we pray that that uh, you would give him wisdom and understanding Lord beyond his years and Lord they'd always make the choices for what is right and what is good and to live for you each and every day. Lord, we pray that you would uh, give him, Lord, intelligence and understanding and things, Lord, that would uh, cause him to be, Lord, uh, used by you in every gift and ability, Lord, that you have placed within him. Uh, Lord, we pray that it would just be discovered and encouraged in every way, and Lord, that he would use those gifts and abilities to your glory. Father, we pray your favor upon him, Lord, with God and with man. And Lord, that he be a delight to be in the Barca's home each and every day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God.